The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guests this week, that's right, I said guests, two for the price of one, people. Our guests this week are the business development manager and the co-founder slash general counsel for SyncFloor, an online marketplace for music to be used in advertisements, film, TV, video games, and more. SyncFloor aggregates existing labels, distributors, sync agents, and artist catalogs into a single store with a natural language search experience. The platform is currently in public beta, and you can find out more about our guests' work by visiting www.syncfloor.com. We are happy to welcome our guests, Shelly Lewis and Sejan McFarland, onto the Break the Business podcast. Hello, ladies. Thank you for joining us. Hi. How you doing? Uh, hey there. So, so, for having us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited for this. I love talking sync and more importantly the yes. listeners love hearing about sync because it's a it's a such an important field for indie artists i've seen so many indie artists who are at a low point in their career are just getting started and they find the right sync opportunity and all of a sudden opportunities happen for them so it's really exciting mm-hmm. and i think you know sync licensing is becoming a increasingly important part of the industry as a whole and the marketplace is proving more and more to be a really valuable one not just for the rights holders, but also for the potential licensees of music. It's a, it's, it, a lot of opportunities are emerging in an open marketplace for creators of video games and movies and TVs yep. and commercial TV shows and commercials. And so I'm, I'm curious about your platform and, and how it fits into all this. What problems are SyncFloor endeavoring to solve in this world of sync? Uh, well, this is Shelly, by the way. Um, uh, we're solving three pretty big problems along the uh, workflow. One is collecting tracks, evaluating those tracks, and then clearing and closing those tracks can be a long and complicated process. And a lot of times it's just doing it the old fashioned way. You're reaching out to a friend that you know at a label to collect tracks. Uh, when you get um, things sent to you, then you have to figure out if what you've got even matches your brief. Um, or is the right kind of music and then start over from there. And then clearing and closing tracks can be also really difficult. You could find the perfect song, especially with indie artists, a lot of the times it's hard to find all the rights holders. There could be other writers, other uh, production companies, other labels involved, and all of those people need to be involved in the clearance process. Well, I'm glad you brought up the clearance process, and I'm glad we have the general counsel, Sejan, here, because I've done a few sync deals on the artist side in my work, and you certainly are probably no stranger to the sync licensing process, and how maddening it can often be for both the rights holders as well as the licensees of music, particularly when you have multiple co-writers and each of them has a different publishing company, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with indie artists who don't, you know, who, and, and, and all of them might be different. And you're not sure who the rights are. So I'm guessing what SyncFloor is trying to do here is simplify this process, take a lot of the the grunt work and guesswork out of it, and, and really just create a more streamlined experience for the licensees, right? That's right. And and one of the ways that we do that, Ryan, is by focusing in the um, 
on the, our platform on One Stop Music, where we where the there's one rights holder and only one rights holder that we have to go to to get approval for the sync license, um, which is a huge simplifier in terms of that process of getting a signature and finalizing the paperwork for the sync license. We think that makes it a much more efficient process. And we believe that by opening up that efficiency and making it much smoother, much faster, it actually will increase the opportunities for sync in the marketplace because businesses will be able to have easier access and faster access to music and do more creative things with it. And I would imagine one of the things that you're offering to simplify that experience is this natural language search function. Can you talk about how that operates on the platform? I assume that's something that licensees can use to help find songs that they need more easily? Exactly. So you can also search for things like you would search in, in, in Google in full sentences um, with lots of descriptors and uh, and surface things that you probably wouldn't find if you went to individual sync reps or even just had access to a huge uh, um you know, catalog, it's hard to search through all those things and get something specific like, uh, you know, uh, oh, what was the last one that I just did? Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of a search right well, now, but uh, yeah, it'll take you can take things like I'm looking for um, a song like X or, or an artist song with music like the artist Y and we can take that information and um, and discern what you mean when you say, I want it to sound like this other song, or I want it yeah. to sound like this other artist. What are the features of that song or the artist that you're thinking of? And we pull that information using our um, natural language search and our database and algorithms and produce results that you know are close to X and Y. Boy, you guys are just a music supervisor's dream come true, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we can definitely, you know, make it easier for you to, to touch all the deep corners and, and find gems that you pr probably wouldn't surface otherwise. Um, you know, and as a, from the sell side, uh, I was a music, I still am a music manager. Um, and from the sell side, that was always a real big problem for me, even though some of my clients do are represented by pretty notable sync reps. Um, I couldn't always be sure that their music was actually being pitched, uh, which was a big problem for us internally. Oh, for sure. And I definitely see the appeal there for independent musicians in that regard, who often do work with sync agents and song pluggers and things like that, and don't really know how many calories are actually being burned to get their mm -hmm. song placed somewhere. And it sounds like uh, you guys provide a solution there, which is pretty exciting. Um, exactly. You can find out more about the platform listeners by going to www.syncfloor, that's S-Y-N-C-F-L-O-O-R.com. The platform's in public beta now, so you can check it out. While I have you guys here, I would be remiss if I didn't talk to two sync experts about the role of sync in the music industry as a whole and what it means for indie artists, particularly with what's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you reflect a bit on how you think the pandemic is going to affect the sync sector of the music industry and, and what place does sync licensing have now as artists are less and less able to rely on other income streams like live performances during the pandemic? Um, well, definitely for artists, it's important to diversify always. And it's 
definitely something that for the artists that I'm working with is it's very important. Um, we've been going through and organizing our catalogs, making sure things are pre-cleared and making sure that those things do get to our reps and, and also to the sync floor um, uh, platform. Yeah. So diversification is, is definitely key. I think a lot of people forget about that. It's one of those things that seems sort of out of reach and you just kind of hope that something will come across your desk at some point, but you have to be proactive and, you know, get your, your material pre-cleared if you can make sure that you organize things that have, you know, samples that you can't clear, get those out of the way so that you don't have to, you, you don't send something through that maybe can't even be placed. Um, and make sure you have your paperwork internally, even if it's just like a one page deal memo between your producers and, and other writers so that there's not confusion if an opportunity does arise um, that you can really jump on it quickly and not let that slip through your fingers. That makes a great deal of sense. And I know there's a lot of pitfalls uh, along the way that I've seen artists uh, fall into where you know, they, they get too excited about looking for sync opportunities and maybe they give the non-exclusive rights to uh, one, uh, you know, music catalog and then they get an opportunity to uh, give the exclusive rights to another organization for big money, but they can't do it because this other catalog has their non-exclusive rights and they didn't catch it in time. And I see a lot of those things. And so I want to start at the beginning. You certainly have me on the why of of artists getting into sync licensing and diversifying the income, as you said. But let's mm -hmm. talk about the how now. Let's say an artist comes up to you and they're at zero in terms of sync licensing. You know, maybe they have a nice catalog of music, they're playing live, but they don't know the first thing about sync. How would you recommend they get started? What we um, what we do for sync floor, we focus on. Um, we actually have very few independent artists who aren't represented by a label or with a distributor in our index. So um, we encourage artists to work with a good, a strong independent label or with one of the distributors. We have TuneCore and InGrooves and Believe in our index. Um, and when we uh, bring music into the index, we, we take the assets, the audio files and use that to um, to ingest the music into the, onto the platform. And then we generate our own data about that music so that when someone does come and run a search that that music will surface if, if it's the appropriate music for a search. So I think that for independent artists, understanding that business um, ecosystem that exists for sync, and this has been a, a, a growing income stream for artists. It's a very legitimate, and I think, we think, we've bet on the fact that, that this income stream can be expanded on a broad basis because of all the creative production work that's going on out there that incorporates music. So understand that network, understand your rights to your music when it comes to sync. You know, be very aware of, did you give an exclusive license to someone to represent your music for sync, which will limit other opportunities, but perhaps bring bring opportunities to you because you've made it exclusive or have you granted non-exclusive rights? And mm -hmm. do you have all of the rights to the music um, and your recordings in order to represent them for sync? There's a growing movement for artists to retain those rights so that they retain control and the ability to know and be able to say where their music is synced and how it's synced. That's a really interesting and important point that the essence of being able to really take advantage of sync on your own terms 
is owning those underlying rights mm-hmm. in the original musical composition as well as the sound recording. And you had mentioned service, you know, distrib- distribution companies like TuneCore, which will distribute your music onto platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, mm-hmm. but you can still own the underlying rights in those works. And I do know that companies like TuneCore and CD Baby are starting to help artists with sync opportunities. So I know you mentioned TuneCore. Is it my understanding that TuneCore and CD Baby work with SyncFloor to uh, help create sync opportunities for artists that are working with those services? Yes, we have TuneCore. We don't have CD Baby in the index, but we do have TuneCore in the index, and they've been actually a super partner of ours. They um, embraced the concept of SyncFloor from early on, and they've um, worked closely with us to provide a body of music um, that they feel is appropriate for sync. So they've been, they've, I think, been a wonderful partner and helpful to the artists that they've brought into our index. That's great. Listeners, you can find out more about the platform, again, by visiting www.syncfloor.com. And it's exciting to know that there are opportunities for indie artists in these space, even if they're not signed to a major label, but are just working with an independent uh, music-oriented distributor like TuneCore. Before we let you ladies go, and I've really enjoyed learning about this platform and learning about and getting your perspective on the role of sync in today's music industry, but I'm particularly excited to ask each of you this last question, and we'll get... Uh, Shelly's answer to it first. Do you have any last okay. <laughs> tips uh, to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Um, you know, as you're building your team, uh, I've been added to teams throughout the years. It's so much easier to get started if uh, the artist has done some work to just organize their business a little bit, whether it's like, you know, making folders and throwing all your contracts in there, making sure that things don't just live in your email, um, you know, making sure that you have instrumentals for all of your works, um, you know, little things like that really kind of take a, a load off of a, a potential manager or assistant or anybody else that wants to hop in and help you um, if they don't have to crawl inside your brain and try to pull everything out. Very good. So that would be my my advice. Organize. I know it's boring, but do it anyway. Very, very good. And uh, we'll have the lawyer give the last <laughs> word here. Sejan? Well, Shelly gave some very good advice there. And, and her experience as a manager places her um, in a good position to, to know that that really is helpful. I would say just from the lawyer's perspective, it's there's the creative side of the business and there's the business side of the business. And um, that it's important to do both. And so either, you know, indulge in that business side if you can, and if you have a mindset for it, or find someone you trust who can help you with that, because you will do a better job um, deriving revenue from your music, the more you understand that, and the more you have some trusted help in promoting your music. Wow. Two tremendous answers in one interview. I'm all, I, I, I always love getting the guests to answer that last question. And when I get twice as many fantastic last tips as I normally get, that always puts a smile on my face. Shelly Lewis and Sejan McFarland joined us. They are from Sync Floor. You can find out more by visiting www.syncfloor.com. Thank you both so much for joining us this week. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.